0: Hey Ryan, how do I get project-based learning started at my school? I've gotten some form of this question nearly every day for the last decade from engaged educators just like you. So at Magnify Learning, we've created a free download to get you started. Whether you're a superintendent, principal, coach, or teacher, go to whatispbl.com to get started on your project-based learning journey today. Are you ready to bring project-based learning to your school? The PBL Simplified Podcast will help equip you for your PBL journey with weekly need-to-knows, engaging interviews, PBL showcases from facilitators in the classroom, and PBL leadership episodes to move you towards a successful implementation of PBL. Because every learner deserves to be a part of an inspiring story, and we see daily that project-based learning helps make this happen. If you want me to answer your PBL need-to-know on the podcast, visit whatispbl.com and click on Ask Ryan to submit your question. Welcome to PBL Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stoyer, author of a book by the same title. It's going to come out in January 2023, PBL Simplified, and you get to hear a lot of the stories that you're actually going to hear in this episode. The book is filled with student stories, wins, fails, and a place to start. So you get to hear all the win stories that come from project-based learning, but you also get to hear the fails that come out, like things aren't going to be perfect. And I think student stories really help the skills, the tactics, the processes of project-based learning. The stories help solidify those things because you can actually see this working with learners. When I say see, you're reading the book or listening to the audio and you can picture it with your own learners, your own teachers that you have in, in your school. So really excited for the book to come out, but really it's because of things like this episode. In this episode, you're going to get to hear directly from learners who are in a project-based learning environment. And if you love this type of episode, you can also go back to episode 63. In episode 63, we again talk to learners. We talk to elementary learners. We talk to secondary learners down in our demonstration site in Babcock Ranch, Florida. So Anytime we get to step away sometimes from the theory and the processes. We get we get steeped in, and I don't know about trapped in those, but those are the fun conversations we love to have as PBLers, but I also love to hear from learners. So I think you're going to like this episode. Our learners today are from Foster Heights Elementary, and if you wanted to hear from the teachers from Foster Heights. We actually have these same teachers are in episode 76. So you can go back to 76 after this and hear from the teachers and how they planned this unit and what their thought processes are leading into this. And all these teachers took part in a PBL Advanced Workshop with us at Magnify Learning. And what the PBL Advanced Workshop does is it takes you to the next level. We have a PBL Jumpstart. Of course, that's where you start. You learn the vocabulary, the processes, but much more than that, you learn the culture and the sustainability pieces for project-based learning. And once you've taken that jump start, you're ready, you're equipped to jump in with PBL with your learners in the classroom. Now, after you've implemented PBL for a year with your learners, after your jumpstart workshop, you have a whole new set of need-to-knows. And that's where we start with PBL Advanced. You've got these experiences now. With implementing PBL, and you've got new need to knows. And typically, they take the form of benchmarking, uh, community partners 201. A lot of times, curriculum mapping comes up like this PBL unit worked great. What about these other chunks of standards that I have, these power standards? How can I create PBL units for those? And those are the need to knows that commonly come up in a PBL advanced. Our agenda for a PBL Advanced Workshop takes you through the six A's of project-based learning. Authenticity, academic rigor, applied learning, active exploration, adult connections, and assessment practices. Those are the six A's. And if you're interested in the six A's, I'll link it down in the the show notes. We've got a ton of resources around that. You can look at the PBL Simplified video series at pblsimplified.com. You can look at blogs. Uh, we've got a bunch of resources, so I'll link that in the show notes so that you can jump into those six A's. Those are some of the things that if you're ready to go deeper in your PBL practice, and maybe even want to go on to get your teachers PBL certified, they're going to need to engage in a jump start. and really the advanced is where you deepen your practice. So those PBL advanced workshops are a lot of fun because we're geeking out about PBL, we're collaborating, and we're saying, how can we create an even more engaging and rigorous classroom environment. So that's exciting stuff. But let's jump into our main episode today to get to hear from these learners from Foster Heights Elementary. You're going to love the responses from these young learners. And what I really want you to pull out of this too is is know that you too can create these same opportunities for your learners. As you listen to these learners and think about the learners in your school, As you listen to the Foster Heights learners, I want you to realize this is not their first opportunity to share. They've had multiple opportunities to present these ideas to community partners, to other teachers, inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. So all of these opportunities lead to the future success of these learners. But again, I want you to really see this alive in your school, because these are things that you can do, especially as you listen to this month's. A theme of preparing our learners for presentations uh, this is definitely something that's doable in your school and your classroom. So enjoy this episode with learners at the very center.
1: Hi, my name is Kendall Hill, and I'm a fresh grade at Foster Heights, and um, I've been playing soccer since I was two years old. Um, it's been one of my hobbies for a bunch of years. And I just love it. It's really fun. All right, Kendall, what's it like
2: being a student here at Foster Heights?
1: Well, it's fun because you have amazing teachers to learn with, and you get to do a bunch of fun projects, like the one we're about to talk about with the five influential people of Town. I just really I really like being a student here because you get to do like a bunch of fun things with your friends and your teachers. and It's just fun.
2: How does it feel to be a published author?
1: Um, well, I'm proud of myself for it because it took a bunch of hard work, and I had a bunch of other helpers, like friends, helping me with it, and it was really fun. Probably one of the, my favorite things that I did this year. Um, and I don't want to stop it. I want to keep doing it. It's fun. What was your favorite part of this PBO? Um, my favorite part of it, well, I have a bunch of it, a bunch of favorite parts. Um, one of my favorite parts was going to visit them because, like, you get to learn about them and their businesses and, um, My other favorite part was making the book. Um, there was um, authors, illustrators, and photographers, and it's just really fun making it because like you get to learn, even though you feel like you don't. I just making the book was really fun, and I I wish I could keep doing
2: it. So when you said visit them, who was them? Who did we get to go visit?
1: Um, we got to visit. Rebecca from Doodles by Rebecca, Matthew Boone from um, Boone's Butcher Shop, James Fost, um from the Air Force, Miss Clara from Wickland, and Miss Nika from Mecca. I feel like a bunch of us, like, I was shy in the beginning, um, but then I started taking the lead. And I feel like a bunch of people have done that, too. And it's just really fun because you get to help, and I love doing that stuff.
2: So for our book that was published, your artwork was chosen to be on the cover of our book. So tell us a little bit about that and how it happened and how you feel about it.
1: Well, it has the five influential people of Barchtown in front of the courthouse. It was really hard to make. It took me about at least a day. Um. Yeah, probably. And I couldn't, like, I couldn't have made that book without everyone else helping me. And I can't wait to get it because we started or, like ordering them. And I can't wait to show my family. And um I bet everyone else is excited to get it too. And it was one of the best projects probably ever done.
3: I'm Harrison Cays, and I'll be in the NBA one day.
2: <laughs> okay, Harrison. So, what is it like? Tell us about being a student here at Foster Heights. What's that like? Fun. How's it fun? Because we
1: do, like, a lot of projects and a lot of different stuff and a lot of things that we don't know, and we, we do a lot of that stuff.
2: What's been your favorite project that you've done here at school? Making all the books. I was wanting to take pictures. So you took pictures. So tell us yeah. about that. How was that? What did you learn through there, doing that? Learning how to like get the camera in
3: good positions and learning what to take pictures of, mm-hmm. and like
2: what to do with the pictures. Okay. So what did you what did you have to do with the pictures?
1: You made them into a book for the forever for everybody to read, and now it's in a library. Cool.
2: Why do you think other schools or other teachers should do projects like these throughout the day or throughout the school year? Because we're all learning, and even if you don't
1: know that you're learning, you should still do that because you are learning.
3: Um, my name is Raylan, and I'm in first grade. And my my favorite thing to do is play basketball. And I was in a focus group, Thousand Doodles by Rebecca. And I was an um, author, and I write some of the parts of the book.
2: What was your favorite part?
3: My favorite part about it, when we went to Doodles by Rebecca and saw her and who worked with her and what she used. What kind of things did she use? Like... These things where they make stuff
2: with cups. So she makes all kinds of stuff, doesn't she? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about our culminating event, the Husky Brew. The
3: Husky Brew. We were. Um, I was selling the book, and there was a things where you can like do like there's a coffee and donuts place. There's a well milkland. Mm-hmm table there's a podcast table and there's a video table very awesome.
2: cool what was our purpose for what was your purpose for selling that book what were you trying to raise money for Oh you're trying to
3: raise money for colonial and what is colonial colonial is a nursing home you're trying to get them ipads for what why do they need ipads to see their family and stuff mm-hmm Cause what did we do in the very beginning of our project? Um, we like we started like learning about the people we were working for. Mm-hmm. And then we got we know about them, and then we put it in a book, and then we are gonna sell it to raise money for a colonial.
2: How many books did you sell personally at the Husky Brew? Um i lost count. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I know. I think you're a good salesman.
0: Oh, wasn't that awesome? Right from the mouths of learners. Go and buy their book. The link is in the show notes. Go buy their book right away. You're going to want it for yourself, for your learners, for inspiration, and to support the great work they're doing couldn't you just hear the excitement and the learning and the progress that they have? So actually, maybe you can't hear the progress because you only get to see one data point. But I know that their facilitators can hear the growth in their responses. Because as you listen to these learners, they're not just the the top academic learners. These are learners that are on that full scale. Uh, And you can't really tell, right? Like, we don't want to paint this picture that everything's rosy and perfect. Like, these are learners that are in progress, that they're learning, which is exactly where they're supposed to be, right? So we want to capture that. You're not waiting for your learners to be perfect to start doing work like this. And your learners can get there, but your facilitators probably need to get there first. You see, these learners are in a project-based learning environment with well-trained classroom facilitators and administrators, From the leadership team to the teachers, they understand the importance of the culture of PBL and the transparency that that allows your learners to find their best opportunities. They're sharing, the classroom facilitators are sharing, administrators are sharing, all the learning is becoming transparent. That's really, really important to the process. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I love it, but I'm kind of stuck. I don't know where to go next. Will you please reach out? Go to whatispbl.com and there's a free download that we'll give you whether you're a administrator, coach, classroom teacher. But there's also a button that says ask Ryan. And you can click on that and be happy to, to reach out and to answer any immediate need to knows that you have. Like how do you get there? Where do you start? Because you might need some district design days. Um, you might want to spot in my mastermind. Or maybe you need some classroom facilitator training and coaching. You see, the number one mistake that schools make when they start PBL is to have their teachers create PBL units based on resources that they find online or a teacher pays teachers, and then they just say go. Yes, that's part of the process, but that is the number one mistake that we see schools make. Many organizations or consultants can help you create a PBL unit. You can even do it with the resources that are out there. But what we do at Magnify Learning is we help your teachers build a unit, but we also help your teachers feel the PBL process throughout a workshop. We have them engaged in the same way that we want them to engage learners, and then we get to rigor. But it's both. It's a really engaging workshop time, really engaging coaching times throughout the year. And yes, you get the tools, the tactics, the skills to create the culture of project-based learning. So then you can start to build your own inspiring learning stories. You're not waiting to hear it from a conference or a book. It's coming right out of your classroom, right out of your school. As you're equipping your classroom facilitators who are equipping their learners, then you start to build up these stories and these exciting opportunities. And when you do that, you know that you're going to engage your learners, tackle boredom, and transform your classrooms.